This is episode number 222 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Absolutely eliminate public speaking fear. This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on fearless presentations, Doug Stannard. Hey, welcome everybody. Hey, it's a real honor for me to have Grant Baldwin on the show today for the last what 15 years or so, Grant, I guess. You've been a, a real force in the speaking world. When I first came across your podcast, uh, I'm, you know, basically specializing in helping people kind of reduce public speaking fear and that kind of thing. And Grant's kind of gone a whole different direction. He's showing people how to actually break into the speaking world, get money from being a speaker and book more gigs and that kind of thing. So uh, it's it's really fun to to have you on the, the podcast, Grant. So welcome. Thanks, Doug. I appreciate you letting me be here. Yeah, sure. Hey, so tell me, tell us about your background and kind of how you got into because that's a that's a unique niche or niche uh, of helping right. speakers become speakers. You know, a speaker who helps speakers become speakers. So yeah, how did you yeah, kind of yeah. very how did you break into that? That's a unique kind of gig. Yeah. So if we go back in time, um, in, in high school, I was really involved in my local church and my youth pastor had a big impact in my life. And, uh, I was like, I want to do that. Like, that seems like a really cool profession. Seems like a cool gig. And he, uh, had a big impact in my world in a lot of different ways, but he was also just a phenomenal speaker. And so, uh, I went to Bible college. I was a youth pastor at a different church for a little while. And that gave me a lot of opportunities to speak. And speaking is one of those things I felt like I was decent at. I wanted to do more of, but I just didn't really know, like, how do you find gigs and how much do you charge and who hires speakers and like, how does this mysterious world work? And so right. uh, this was, you know, probably 17, 18 years ago or so there wasn't really any books or courses or trainings or, you know, resources about the speaking industry. And so I found myself just emailing other speakers, harassing other speakers, stalking other speakers, just trying to figure out like, Hey, just tell me, like, tell me what to do and how does this world work? And I learned a couple of things and uh, fast forward a few years and I uh, got to a point where I was doing about 60 or 70 paid speaking engagements a year all over the, the U.S. and just I loved it. It was, it was really really fun. And then I also had a lot of people who were asking me like, "Hey, I want to be a speaker. I want to do what you do. How, how would I do that?" And they had a lot of the the same questions of, uh, you know, how do I find gigs and what do I speak about? How do I get started? And who hires speakers? And so we started doing some coaching, training, teaching around that, and that's really evolved to to what we do today. So the the Speaker Lab is a training company and coaching company uh, for for speakers who want to know how to find and, and uh, book paid speaking engagements and get booked and paid to speak to make an income and make an, uh, an impact. Nice. Yeah. I, it's funny because I remember the the first time I, I was in college and I went to a, the first time I went to like a business conference and mm -hmm. they had motivational speakers and paid speakers coming up on, on stage. And, and I remember talking to some of the folks that were there and I was like, what do these guys do? And, and they were like, oh, they, they speak. And I'm like, yeah. they get paid to speak. Are you serious? You get paid to speak. And then once I kind of started investigating it, I realized this is a pretty lucrative industry, right? It's a Very. pretty, it's a, it's one of those things that if you do it well, you can make a pretty decent living as as a speaker. And I think one of the things that a lot of times when folks kind of see get their first kind of experience seeing, you know, speakers on stage and that kind of thing, they think of folks as being kind of motivational speakers, you know, like the the old Zig Ziglers and the Brian Tracy's and the and the um you know the the Anthony Robbins and that kind of thing. But I'm assuming that the types of of speakers that you kind of represent and you help 
I, at least what I've seen anyway, is that very few of the folks that I've seen that are actually professional speakers are actually motivation or would consider themselves to be motivational speakers. They tend to kind of speak on specific n- niches, right? Is that, is that yeah, kind of yeah, what one you of see the, too? Yeah. One of the core things that we teach speakers that we work with is as speakers, uh, we're in the problem solving solution providing business. And sure. so, uh, you know, uh, um, being a motivational speaker is kind of a, a genre, but there are, right. there's certainly a lot more opportunities and options than that. And I would even say that, you know, being a motivational speaker on its own uh, isn't probably isn't going to move the needle for you. So right. uh, at the end of the day, like being really clear on like, what's the problem that you actually solve for the specific audience that you may be speaking to? Like you, you got to be really, really clear on that. Sure. Exactly. It's, it's, I, I'm, I'm going to throw a question out there that you probably weren't expecting. So if, if you're, if, it, if you can't answer this, then just let me know. But like, what were, what are some of the topics that you've seen that that people are actually making a living speaking on that when you first heard them, you were going, really? What? And, and, yeah. then, and then after you kind of investigated it, it turned into something pretty lucrative. I, I, there, I'll give you an, an example. One of the guys that I know, he started out speaking on um, accounting software. That was a specialty. He, yeah. he taught people how to do accounting software. Now he's like a leadership development coach and, and that kind of thing. So um, yeah. I've seen people kind of break in doing some some interesting n- niches. Yeah. One of my favorite examples was uh, a student that we worked with a few years ago and she was a, a veterinarian and uh, she wanted to speak to, you know, in the veterinary space and kind of in the the, the pet world and animal world. And so um, her very first gig, I remember she reached out to me and she said, Hey, I just booked my first gig for $5,000. I said, awesome. Tell me about it. And she said, I'm flying to Vegas to speak at a pet sitting conference, oh, wow. a pet sitting conference. I was like, wait, what? There and is so there's a, such a thing as a pet sitting yeah, conference. Over here. It was certainly one of those things like when she you know, if she would have asked me before, like, Hey, is there an opportunity to speak in the pet sitting market? I'd be like, I don't think so, but you know, maybe. And so, yeah, you're exactly right that there are, there are no shortage of, of kind of these, these different niches and and opportunities that may exist. And certainly some are going to be bigger than others, but at the end of the day, you know, event planners, decision makers, they're looking for people who can help provide a solution to their audience, whether that be in a, you know, whether that be in a, a company or an association or an organization or a church or government or military or schools, there's so many different opportunities that exist to uh, speak to audiences and, and solve a problem through the medium of speaking. Sure. Hey, I, I mentioned earlier that you were kind of one of the early adopters of like podcast technology as a promotion and, and using kind of technology to kind of grow your business and that, that kind of thing. Can you can you kind of share with us a little bit about some of the things that you did early on that kind of caused you to be able to market your services a little better and how to how to kind of use the technology to leverage some of the the things that you were doing? Yeah. So I've been someone who's always really enjoyed podcasts. I listen, even to this day, I still listen to a ton of podcasts on a, sure. on a regular basis. And it's one of my favorite mediums of just a ways to consume content. And so when I first started kind of learning about online business and and kind of how that operates, how that works, um, I knew that one of the, the best ways for me to uh, create content was going to probably be a podcast. And so there, you know, you have something like a podcast, you also have a, a, a medium like um, a writing in the form of a blog or social media. Um, I don't do a ton of writing. It's not my favorite thing. I'm not great at it. I don't feel like uh, another one would be video uh, like YouTube or, or Facebook lives or that sort of thing. Sure. Um, and so the, the medium I kept coming back to is, was podcasting. And so I, I had my first podcast, I think in 2014. And uh, so did that for a couple of years and then started the speak a lot podcast. 
podcast. And so we've been doing that for six or seven years at this point. Nice. And um, uh, yeah, we, we, at this point, we've got over 400 episodes and uh, it's been a great way to, to network with other people and to build some familiarity. You think about like, you know, if we, um, you know, a lot of our episodes are 30, 45 minutes or so. And uh, people that listen to those really feel like they know you. They, they've heard your voice right. and spent time with you for, for several episodes. Uh, and most people would not spend 30, 45 minutes reading a blog post uh, or watching a YouTube video, but they'll they'll listen in for a, for a podcast. And so it's definitely been a, a great medium just to, to connect with um, uh, audience members and, and build some of that know, like, and trust. Sure. So do you, I'm assuming that that's one of the things that you're kind of recommending to your, to your clients as well. If they're, you know, these new speakers that, Hey, you gotta, you gotta start a podcast right away and that kind of thing. Right. So is that one uh, of the... actually, actually not, uh, oh, really? oh, I, would, no, okay. I would not, I would not recommend that for most speakers. Um, the reason being is oh. that, uh, oftentimes whenever we think about what are the things that we need to do to book gigs, uh, we think about some of these things like podcasts, like social media, like YouTube right. channel, and they are much more of like a, of a passive medium. I'm, I'm going to put something out into the atmosphere and I just hope that magically gigs are going to come my way. <laughs> right. uh, and it just doesn't work like that. Um, and so instead, what we would teach was much more of a proactive, uh, rather than waiting for someone to find you, you go out, you're finding event planners, decision makers, starting conversations with them about what it is that they're looking for. So can you do a podcast? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. But the majority of speakers that I know who do podcasts, it doesn't move the needle for them on speaking gigs. And so That's this is also why it's really important that, that speakers get really, really clear about what your primary goal and objective is. Uh, and so for you, if you're like, hey, okay, I want to do uh, I want to do speaking gigs, um, then what's the path of least resistance to get you to speaking gigs and and podcasting and all those tools? They're fine. There's nothing wrong with them, but they're not the quickest path to, to booking gigs. Oh, okay. All right. So let's let's get into some of the nitty gritty then. So what what are what are some of the things? Let's say somebody somebody has a a a, a, a niche a niche that they're they're working on. They've uh, maybe they've been asked to speak a couple of times. They've gotten a couple of honorariums, and or maybe they've done some free kind of speeches. What would be uh, some kind of recommendations that you would give them to to help them kind of get that needle moving a little bit faster? Yeah. And so why don't we do this inside the speaker lab? What we do is we teach um, a, a five-step process called uh, the speaker success roadmap. It makes the acronym speak. And so this is what we walk every single student through uh, that just shows like, okay, how do you get started and how do you build and grow a, a speaking business? How do you book gigs? So um, the S is select a problem to solve, select a problem to solve. Now this comes down to two key questions. You got to answer. We already touched on kind of one of them, but one of the questions is uh, who do you speak to? And the other question is what problem do you solve? Now, the mistake that a lot of speakers make here is we feel the need to spread the net as far and wide as possible. So who do I speak to? I don't know. I speak to humans. I speak to people. My message is for everybody. Right. Like That doesn't work. You want to be no. really narrow. You really want to be focused. Uh, and then what problem do you solve? And so sometimes I'll ask speakers, uh, tell me, what, what do you speak about? And they say, well, what do you want me to speak about? I can speak about anything. Like, no, you can't. That doesn't work. And so again, the more narrow, the more focused you are, the easier it is to actually find and book gigs. So an analogy I like to use is uh, you want to be the steakhouse and not the buffet, the steakhouse, not the buffet. So for example, let's imagine that you're going out uh, to eat and you're looking for a good steak. Like you have a choice. You could go to a buffet where steak is one of a hundred things that they offer and they're all mediocre, or right. you could go to a steakhouse and they do one thing, but they do that one thing really, really, really well. 
well. They don't do seafood. They don't do pasta. They don't do tacos. They don't do cupcakes. They do steak. And that's it. And again, it's counterintuitive because we think the more things we can talk about and the more people we can speak to, the more opportunities we will have. But that's not what people are looking for. They're looking for a specialist, not a generalist. So that's the first part of the process is S, select a problem to solve. The P is to prepare your talk, to get really, really clear on what's the solution that you are providing to that audience. Now, it's also important to think through like how you're going to go about doing this, meaning are you going to do keynotes or workshops or breakouts or seminars? You're going to do this uh, uh, virtually, maybe through webinars. Are you doing this in person? All of that works. It's all effective, but being clear on how do you provide that solution. Next part is E, establish yourself as the expert. So two key marketing assets that we recommend for speakers. Number one is a website. And number two is a demo video. Now, in this day and age, if you don't have a website, you don't exist. It's hard right. for people to take you seriously. True. Now, let's talk about a demo video. So uh, a demo video is uh, basically think about like a movie trailer. Okay. A, a, before you would go see a movie, you want to see a trailer. Now, what exactly is a trailer? It's basically they take a two hour movie, they boil it down to two or three minutes. And within those two or three minutes, you have an idea of who's in it, what's the plot, what's the theme, what's the genre, what's it about. And the point of the demo video and the point of a movie trailer is to make people want to see more. And so for an event planner, decision maker, who's considering hiring you, they don't need to see an entire speech of yours. They just need to see a couple of minutes to kind of get a sense of how do you speak? What do you speak about? Are you going to be a good fit for our event? So it's important to have that demo video. Uh, next part of the process, A, is acquire paid speaking gigs. Now, again, this is what we're kind of touching on where we want to fast forward to this part, man, just tell me how to book gigs. But if you're not clear on who you speak to, what problem that you solve, uh, you're not clear on what the solution is that you're going to provide, you're not, you don't have your marketing assets in place, it's really really hard to get any momentum going and to book gigs. So it's important then that you start the process. Now, also a mistake that speakers make here is they think, okay, I've got my website, I've got my demo video, and now I just sit back and I wait for the phone to ring. And that just does not work. Like right. it, um, your, your, your mom is thrilled about your website. She's going to tell both of her friends, but nobody else cares. And right. so it's important at this point that then again, we, we start to be proactive rather than reactive. And so proactive means we are looking for, we are identifying potential events that you would be a good fit for, not anybody and everybody, but again, we're, we're clearly targeting here. We're reaching out, starting conversations, following up with them and having a system system in place to do that. So again, just because you build your website and demo video doesn't right. mean the phone's going to magically start ringing. Uh, and then the last part of the process is K, know when to scale. Know when to scale, meaning a lot of people who are interested in speaking are also interested in writing a book or doing a course or doing coaching or doing uh, consulting or doing a podcast or doing a YouTube channel. Like all those things are well and good, but you just got to be clear about how what your what your goals are and how speaking kind of fits into the mix. So again, I know that's a lot of information there, but yeah, that's yeah. the high level overview of the speaker success roadmap that, that we teach at the Speaker Lab. That's fantastic. Uh, and and by the way, I I, I just before we kind of started the, the started interviewing you, I kind of mentioned. That, hey, I just did like a, a series on how to become a professional speaker. I got to go back and do that whole series again now, Grant. Thank you very much. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> He's bad, screwing up everything I just told everybody to do. So everybody, listen to Grant. He's the expert at this stuff. Don't listen to me. He's um, he's uh, kind of knows this stuff. Hey, I, one one thing I want to kind of delve into because this is one of the things that I've always had a, a challenge with. Um, um, and it sounds like by going in and really getting that 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 single problem, that single stake that you're dealing with, it makes it a little bit easier to identify who your potential event planners or the people that that you would contact would be. And so that makes it a little bit easier to kind of narrow it down versus just sending stuff out to, to everybody. So out of yeah. curiosity, how do you go find, once you kind of find that 
group of, you know, maybe it's two or 300 people. How do you, how do you make contact with them? What's what for somebody that, especially, I know a lot of the the speakers that you're probably starting with, they, they don't really have any sales experience or don't have a lot of it. And so they're, they're kind of starting from scratch. I don't even know who, how do I make a phone call? Do I connect sure. with them on LinkedIn? Do I? Yeah, there's a lot of different things that you can do from this point. So one would be that you you start with your own network and start with kind of that inner circle. And so ideally, you're probably going to be speaking in a space or an industry where you at least have that some familiarity, part. where maybe sure. you have some connections and contacts. And so start with that, asking around like who 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 do you know or who do those people know that may be looking for a speaker. And so uh, I'll give an example. There was a uh, a friend of mine who was getting started as a speaker. And I remember he went to his, uh, he was visiting his chiropractor and he was talking with his chiropractor, I think about something um, uh, related to like marketing. And and uh, he said, hey, well, as a, as a chiropractor, what are the, like the association events that you attend? What do you, what do you go to? Oh, I go to, you know, such and such conferences uh, and events every single year. And I, sure. he, he said, do you, you know, do you know who the event planners are? And do you know who, who's involved in that? Oh yeah, yeah, sure. I know such and such and Tom on the committee over there. And hey, do you think you could introduce me to Tom? Here's what I speak about. And I, I'd love to, so like that type of stuff and being proactive rather than just like, Hey, if you ever talk to Tom or if you ever think about it, you know, right. uh, and think of me, let, let me know, like, but being proactive, letting people in your sphere of influence know that you're a speaker. So for example, um, you know, my, my mom's not an event planner. She's not a decision maker, but if she doesn't know that I'm a speaker and she comes across someone who's looking for a speaker, she's never going to think to recommend me. So you need to make sure everybody in your sphere of influence knows that you're a speaker and what it is that you do. And so again, this is also goes back to like, I think starting with the low hanging fruit of, uh, who's in your network, who is in your industry. So, um, I'll give an example. I remember, uh, we were talking with a, a client of ours and they were getting started as a speaker. And, uh, uh, they, uh, I said, all right, talk to me about your experience. And, and, uh, they had been a very, very successful real estate agent had done real estate for their entire career, had been a part of the association and boards of various, um, uh, groups, uh, related to realtors. And he had all types of connections and, and contacts and said, all right, tell me more about, uh, who you want to speak to, what you want to speak about. I don't remember exactly, but he wanted to speak on like a, just a totally different industry. And I said, hang on, hang on, hang on. Like, let's start with real estate. Like, this is a world, you know, you know, and this is like low hanging fruit for you. And so that, that sometimes people are like, well, you know, I, I, but I want to speak to more than just realtors. I said, I, I get that, but let's start again with something, you know, let's start with some low hanging fruit. Let's kind of expand from there. So let me give you one other quick analogy. Um, sure. look, look at a company today, like Nike, like Nike is a multi, multi, multi billion dollar company and they will sell anything that they can put a swoosh on. Right. But that's not how they got their start. They got their start. Uh, the very first product that they made was a running shoe for long distance collegiate runners, right? right? This very niche shoe for this very specific audience. And so they started there. Let's work on this one specific shoe. And then from there, okay, maybe now let's create a basketball shoe. And now let's make a everyday shoe. Let's make a walking shoe. Okay. Now maybe let's make basketballs. Now maybe let's make hats and t-shirts. Let's, let's start to expand there. But the very first thing they did was this one very specific shoe for one very specific audience. And sure. so, yeah, you may be like, I don't, I'm tired of, I'm tired of working with realtors. I want to work uh, with different groups and like, that's fine. We can get to that point, but let's start with something narrow and focused where you already have some contacts and connections. Nice. Yeah. So, so if uh, it sounds like, um, you know, a big, a big starting point anyway, is maybe the associations and maybe the local associations first, cause they're easier to kind of get into any tips on how to, kind of win a, like a call for speakers type thing, you know, like the, the I know a lot of the big meetings are going to have a call for speakers and they may get thousands of people to, 
to kind of send their thing in any kind of tips on how to, you know, once you kind of start to get a few of these gigs under your belt and, and get a little better and get a little Yeah. I, I tend to not, uh, pay too close attention to, uh, you know, massive conferences and events that have calls for speakers, um, because they, they can be, they can, sometimes they can be a little bit harder to get into. And sometimes right. they, they may not even necessarily be a, a good fit for you. And so, um, uh, the, the best thing that you can do is not necessarily be like browsing online, looking for calls for speakers, where it's kind of going to some generic inbox. What you want right. to do is you want to connect with actual decision makers and, and kind of go, uh, around to the back door and, and, and talk to people of, of what it is that they're looking for and, and how you might be able to help. So they, can certainly be very effective to find event planners, decision makers that you would be a good fit for, uh, email them or connect with them on LinkedIn, start conversations with them, learn more about their event. Like one of the, a great way to, um, to, to kind of start a conversation is find one specific event that they may be in, in, in charge of or responsible for and ask them, Hey, I just came across this. Let's go with realtors again. I came across this realtors conference that you are doing, you know, in six months, I was curious when you'll start reviewing speakers for that event. That's it. It's just a very simple question. It's easier for them to answer. Uh, And then you can kind of start the conversation uh, of how you might be a good fit for that type of event. But again, just the idea of like, okay, I have my website, I have my video, and now I just, I I hope that people magically stumble across me. Uh, That's just uh, very rarely an effective uh, strategy. So how do you find how do you find that specific person? Because it that may be a, the the event plan. It's not like there's a, a list somewhere of event planners, is there? Where of event planner for that conference and that kind of thing, or is there? I mean, you... a lot of times, like there there are there are certainly some people whose their title is event planner. Um, sure, of course. But most people, it, it's most of the time when the you're being hired by some group or organization. A lot of times, it's it's usually like one of the top people within the organization. So sure. let's say you're hired by some a small association and there's four people on staff, it's the executive director is probably the person that's making the decision. They're, they're probably mm-hmm. the one that is reviewing speakers, talking to speakers. They're not the one that uh, has event planner in their title necessarily. But, um, and even if you, uh, if, even if you're unclear, uh, it's okay to even email and ask or send a message and ask like, Hey, I'm curious on, on your team, who would be the person who's responsible for hiring speakers. And if it's not them, they can point you to who that person would be. And the fascinating, the cool thing about that, by the way, is that if you start with that director, if that, if that person isn't making decisions, a lot of times they're going to refer you to the person who is, and now you've got an introduction to that person from the boss, right? So it makes it totally right. So totally. Absolutely. Cool. Hey, so, um, so if, if somebody wanted to, let's say somebody wanted to kind of break into the speaking business, they're still, they're kind of just starting off and they're looking for some help. How would they get in touch with you to, to maybe help them along the way? Yeah, everything we do is over at thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. Like I mentioned, we've got a, a podcast by the same name, the Speaker Lab Podcast. Uh, so we've got 400 some episodes there. Uh, I'd encourage people to check out. And then also we, we touched on um, that Speaker Success Roadmap. We've got a, a, the book, The Successful Speaker, Five Steps for Booking Gigs, Getting Paid and Building Your Platform. And so that walks through uh, exactly what to do to uh, within that speak framework and digs into that a lot further than the three minute explanation I gave. So uh, we definitely encourage people to, to check out The Successful Speaker. And in fact, we are giving away free copies. And so nice. if you go to the speakerlab.com, uh, then you can uh, you can see there, there'll be a link on the page there to, to get your free copy. You just pay a couple bucks for shipping and we'll send you a uh, physical copy of uh, the successful speaker. Cool. Okay. So I'll put that, I'll put all that in the, in the show notes. I'll put the link to um, the speaker lab and also the to uh, the book, just in case you want to buy it, instead of get, letting Grant give you one for free, I'll give I'll put a link on that as well. So, but if you, I mean, if he's going to give it away, you might as well take it, right? So, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to make people's life easier. Yeah, make it easy. Yeah. All right. Well, Grant, thanks a lot for being a part of Fearless Presentations. 
Thanks, Doug. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, you bet. Bye. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.